Open your Bibles up to the book of Exodus, chapter 12, and I want to talk to you about Shabbat Hagadul, or the great Shabbat. How many know that God gave the Bible on Mount Sinai to Moses, right? And according to Jewish tradition, there are 613 commandments that are in the Bible. Some do's and some don'ts. But there are a few that Israel was given before they ever left Egypt. One of those is the great Shabbat. Another of those is tell your children about Passover lamb, the blood on the doorpost. Tell your children about that forever. Now, when you think about that, God said, tell my children about the miracles of Passover. That's what Seder means, the telling, a Haggadah, the telling. Tell your children forever. I, I wonder how many people, have, like I did, went to church for years and years and years and years and years, never knew the, the, the whole Passover story. And yet we're commanded by God to know it enough to tell our children. And so that's why Jesus, you know, and, and I say this all the time, but I say it jokingly, but not jokingly. I always thought that Jesus just got together and met with everybody and had pizza and hot and wings and told them, I'm going to die. But when you read it, it says, Jesus says, go and prepare for me Passover. Go and prepare for me Passover. And so Jesus was fulfilling uh, the commandment of God given to Israel while they were still in Egypt. And the commandment is, is pass this on to your children. Why? When we understand this, then we fully understand what Jesus did for us and that brings a blessing not only on us, but to our children. Amen. Amen. Remember, rem- remember, even when they don't understand it, even if, you, if you're sitting here and you don't understand what it means to light the candles, to remember and keep the Sabbath, even if you don't understand because we did it, there's a blessing on you. Even if your children don't understand, there's a blessing when you take God's word and put it on the, door, on the doorpost of their room. There's a blessing on that. Yes, right? And so there's, there's a lot of Christians, believe it or not, even today that have never been to a Seder dinner. They've never been there. And so my people destroyed for what reason? Amazing revelations. In a couple weeks, we will celebrate, as I said, we'll celebrate Passover. What we're going to do in Passover, in, in Jesus being the first fruit of many, we are commanded by God to bring a Passover offering, a first fruit offering. I'll teach this on Sunday. This first fruit offering releases a special amount of grace, of favor with man, which is, which is required for the end time transfer of wealth. When they were leaving, the Egyptians said, take our silver, take our gold. And divine protection. When we bring our first fruit offering up, that releases grace, which is favor from God that no man can earn, which is favor from man, they're leaving, and they said, take our silver, take our gold, take our, our, our sheep, take everything. 
and then divine protection, we're going to take symbolic of blood with a hyssop, put it on the door, and when we all come through, we'll shut those doors, and that is symbolic that when God brought Israel out of Egypt and they passed over, they went, they, the, the angel of death, when, when they put the blood on the angel of death, which is not just killing of the firstborn, but it's death to your finances, death to your marriage. It's any angel of death, any, any spirit that destroys. When I see the blood... God said, I will stand in front of your door and I will forbid the enemy to touch you or whoever is in your home. Now, that doesn't just mean whoever's in your home physically. If you have children and they live in New York, they're part of your home. And this is a, this is a supernatural event that Jesus sealed and brought all the Gentiles in and sealed it once and forever. It's supernatural. I love it because it means the enemy can't touch me. He can't touch my family. He can't touch my kids. Okay, it's not just a ritual. This really happens. So when we do that, and, and this is a very special time. This is the month of Nisan. Tonight is the 10th of Nisan. The word Nisan comes from the Hebrew word Nisasim, which means miracles. This is right now the appointed time for God to do these three miracles in a way that he doesn't do it any other time of the year. All of that did not start with Friday evening and then resurrection. All of that starts with tonight. This is called the great Shabbat, Shabbat Hagadol. This is the night that your journey to the promised land on God's calendar begins. How many are ready to go there? All right, read with me in the book of Exodus, and I'll, and I'll take something. Let me, let, do you have Exodus? Did I already tell you to turn there? Let me say this and receive this. Ancient Jewish wisdom says, and once again, it's everybody, but it's especially the Gentiles that those who return to two special Shabbats, Shabbat Hagadul and Shabbat Shuvah. Shabbat Hagadul is tonight. Shabbat, Shabbat Shuvah is between this, the Sabbath between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Ancient Jewish wisdom says those Gentiles are those people who God draws to Shabbat Hagadul and Shabbat Shuvah, these Gentiles will be the ones that are, these children of God will be the ones that are so blessed they'll bring back the Messiah. So if you're here, and, and, and you got to understand, we, we put the word of God out for this to our entire church. Now, some couldn't come, but wanted to. The blessing's on them. Some could come, but decided not to. I'm just saying. There are those who are watching. They've put it, they've all over the world, there are people watching live with us. We have thousands and thousands of people that, that tune in with us live all over the world. 
What I'm saying is, is God wants to bless everybody. But you had to take special time to tune in. You had to take special time to get here. And those who take that special time, once again in Hebrew, it says no one's smart enough to teach this, which I don't totally agree with. (laughs) No one's smart enough to receive it. So if you're drawn to it, it's because God has picked you to be an example of the end time blessing that will be so great it will draw back the Messiah. Okay? So even if you said, well, I just came because somebody invited me. No, no, you came. In Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. God's wanting to do something very special in your life. This is, this is why the Bible says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, after the things of God, they'll be fed. You had to make a special time in your life to tune in or to be here. You didn't choose that. God chose you. But if you remember, and, and I don't want to give you too much, but you remember when Jesus healed the, the 10, what were they, the 10 lepers? One of them came back, and Jesus said, where are the nine? That's a very Hebrew understanding. God is no respecter of persons. He will speak to everybody. But it's usually one out of ten that respond to what he's saying. And if you respond, you're going to get blessed. All right, so here we are. Let me tell you the story of, of, of the great Shabbat, Shabbat Hagadol. Chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, this, this month shall be your beginning of months, first month of the year. Now, let, let me stop right there lest we confuse people. There, there, are, there are actually in the Bible two new years, not just one. And, and it's very common because in America we have two new years. We have the, the physical new year, which is in January, and then we have a fiscal new year, are a school new year that comes at a, at a different time. And so, once again, everything God does is physical and spiritual. This right now, from now, first fruits on Passover to Pentecost, first fruits of finances, this is your financial new year. So what we do during this time depend, determines this next year's finances. Now, say, well, pastor, what if people get saved in August and never heard of this? They have to wait a whole nother, they have to wait until this time. That's why the Bible says in Malachi, and by the way, the Haftorah, which is the, the part not in the Torah that you read tonight, is Malachi. Malachi chapter 3 and chapter 4. That's the Haftorah. That's the part that comes with this. And God says, return unto me and I'll return unto you. You're going to understand this in a minute. This tonight is Israel returning unto God, teshuvah in Hebrew, returning unto God for the first time in 400 years. And if we return to God then the, then the, you showed the window that is passing over us. This window between now, this window between now and Passover will not pass over us again for one whole year. 
Well, will God give us grace later? Yes. Will God give us favor of men later? Yes. Will God give us protection later? Yes. But not to the, not a hundredfold. Not to the highest dimension. And so we've got to understand that there are appointments God makes with us. And if we miss those appointments, they're gone. Do you understand that? See, we think, we think that God has these windows over us, and whenever we decide to obey God, then he'll open that window. But that's not true. That's not true. And, and, I, and I'll tell you, between Passover, from Passover to Pentecost, picture a window, from Passover to Pentecost, this window gets narrower. Picture the eclipse of the sun. The sun's still there, but there are times that it gets smaller and smaller, smaller. Picture the, the new moon. Every month we get a new moon. There's times that it's full. There's times that it's a sliver. It's always there, but there's times that it's blocked. Are, are, you, are, are you okay? Are you all okay? That's why... That's why when I hear somebody say, there's nothing new to learn. In reality, it's true. There's nothing new to learn. This was taught to us thousands of years ago, but somebody quit teaching it. But God says in the last days, there'll be Gentiles whose eyes are opened. Now, I need a better amen because you're not getting this at the first church of, you know, you're not getting this many other places. All right, let's read it. Let's read it. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, The month shall be your beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Everybody say, to me. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, and, and just, I know what all, all people always say is, well, that's to the Jews. If you've received Christ then you are heirs to the promises of who? Isn't it, isn't it fascinating how preachers will say, and I used to do the same thing, preachers will say, that's the Old Testament, there's nothing for us. But then we go, but we are heirs to the promises of Abraham. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have both. You can't say God's done with the Jews and then we're heirs, to, we're, we're grafting and we're heirs to the promise. Right? You can't, you can't do it. It's, it's, like, it's like that brother said, I, and I hear him all the time. He goes, there's nothing in the Old Testament. Now as we receive our tithes, you know, we think the Word of God's like a smorgasbord. You ever been to a smorgasbord? The guy, the guy or gal's behind you, you want some mashed potatoes? Oh, yeah. yeah. Want some roast beef? Oh, get, I want an end piece with the, with the crust on it. You want, you, want, you want some pie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want some broccoli? Oh, no. No, that's only for Jews. <laughs> if we believe in Jesus, then we are part of the congregation. Every preacher is going to preach, a tenth is the Lord's. And what does it say? And I'll open you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing 
that there won't be room enough to receive it and rebuke the devourer, and all the world will call you blessed. Every prosperity preacher, every Baptist preacher, every Pentecostal preacher, every Presbyterian preacher has taught that, but they don't understand all the world will call you blessed are these Gentiles who understand Malachi 3. And Malachi 3 is the connection to tonight. Let's, 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 let's go on with it. Verse 3, speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, on the 10th day of this month, that is tonight, that's tonight. Now, I know it's different on our calendar because our calendar changes, but that is tonight. On the 10th uh, of this month, which is the month of Nisan, which is the month of miracles, every man, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Now, let me, uh, let me stop here, and I'll, and I'll share this uh, uh, probably next, this Sunday, but I just feel like I need to share this. If you are, if you are here tonight, if, if you obey God and bring your first fruit offering uh, two weeks from, a week from Sunday, you are bringing that for your household. That blessing covers everyone in your household. Amen. Now, you, you got to understand the miracle of this. Okay, let's say, God forbid, you got a child that isn't serving God. When we understand the truth, the miracle behind, how many, how many know the scripture where it says, rightly dividing the word of God? Yes. Have you ever heard that? Yes. We're to study, to approve ourselves worthy, rightly dividing the word of God, right? We've all heard that. What does that mean? Rightly dividing the word of God. Well, the word of God that he's talking about here is the Torah. Everything Jesus taught, everything Paul taught, they taught from the Torah. When I bring my first fruit offering, the devil, I plead the blood, I seal what the blood did once this time every year to what that blood did. And God says, I stand in front of you, but I stand in front of all that are part of your household. That includes my, my children. That includes Jen, my daughter-in-law. includes Brandon, my son-in-law. It includes my grandchildren. But I'm going to tell you this. I've, I actually believe whether you understand or not, it includes you. Because everything God does is the physical and the spiritual, correct? Right? The Bible says, honor your father and mother. You have a physical father and mother. You have a spiritual father and mother. And if you're part of this ministry, whether you're sitting here or whether you're, you're our, church, our stream church, I believe even though maybe you don't understand it, Tiz and I understand it, and we've got you covered. But we've not only got you covered, we got everybody covering you. So, I, so let me get back. So I believe that when we do this, God says, I'll stand in front of all in your house, a lamb for the household. Look at verse 4. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your, uh, make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. And, and we all know that now th this lamb is also the blood of Jesus. Right? right? 
the lamb without spot or without blemish. Okay, but listen to me. Even though this teaching connects us to Jesus, go back. Jesus said, where do I, they said to Jesus, where do you want us to prepare Passover? So even though this is a shadow of Jesus coming, still Jesus prepared Passover. Jesus did Passover. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, which is next Friday. And then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where, where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boil it at all with, wa- with water, but roast it in the fire with its head and its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains until morning you shall burn it with the fire. And thus you shall eat it with, the, with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, real quick, why, with, why eat it with your belt on? Why eat it with your sandals on? Why make unleavened bread? Because one of these days we're going to be doing it and God will say, now. And we need to be ready to go. And it could be, it could be this week, next week. It could be. But I don't think it is. It could be. And I'm not saying it's not because the wicked servant says the master delays his coming. But, but maybe it's not this week. And the reason I say maybe is because the Bible says when the Lord comes, he's coming for a glorious bride. And the whole world will have a chance to receive or reject Christ as Savior, Jesus as Savior. And the way that is going to happen is amongst these certain Gentiles whose eyes are open, they will see such miracles. We call it the latter rain. We call it the end time transfer of wealth. We call it the end time blessing that the bride's not coming down limping. The bride's not coming down with a rented dress. The bride's not coming down with a ripped train. The bride's coming down a glorious bride manifesting everything that the bridegroom paid for in full. And that journey starts with this night. That starts with the revelation. If you don't have the revelation of tonight, the rest of it isn't all clear. So let me give you the revelation of Shabbat Hagadul, the great Sabbath, and why they call it the great Sabbath. Israel, which is symbolic of you and I, are in Egypt, which is symbolic of the world. Egypt, so far is keeping some of the Jews alive, the most of the Jews alive, but they're slaves. And as slaves, they feed them leeks and garlic. They feed them junk. They, they barely take care of them. That's what the world does to slaves. So God says, I'm going to come and set you free. 
Um, I would read, I, don't, I won't take time tonight because we want to do Shabbat, but I would read what Moses, in ancient Jewish wisdom, there's a conversation between God and Moses. God says to Moses, tell the children of Israel, all of them, go get a lamb and tie it to their bedpost. The lamb is the number one deity, especially in the area of prosperity, to the Egyptians. The lamb is equal to the dollar. The lamb is equal to Wall Street. The lamb is equal to jobs and businesses. It's, it's other things, but to give you a picture, the lamb is a God that symbolizes many things, but in a large way, money. The God of this world is money. The God amongst other gods, the God of this world is all kinds of stuff, but the God is money. The God of Egypt, amongst other things, was the lamb or the goat, which is symbolic of livelihood, business, money. So God says to his children, go and get the God of this world and tie it to your bedpost because I'm going to ask you to sacrifice it. So they go by the hundreds of thousands and get a lamb. If all of a sudden, if all, if all of a sudden hundreds of thousands of people in Dallas were buying lambs and taking them to their house, it would get everybody's attention. All of a sudden hundreds of, if not millions of lambs were being bought. Millions of lambs. But imagine if all of us were taking piles of money and burning them out on the highway. Now we would really get their attention. Right? Add to that, that's their God. So all of a sudden, these slaves, these nobodies, these people that we can control all of a sudden, they're bringing the God of prosperity for Egypt to their homes. The Egyptians say to them, what are you doing? They said, we're going to take this and sacrifice it so that the angel of death will pass over our homes and not kill our firstborn." Now, if we just said that, if I just got on the radio and I said, this is going to happen and this is going to happen, people go, another nutty prophet. But they've already had the Nile turn to blood. They've already had the frogs. They've already had the locusts. They've already had nine other plagues. They've already had them. So now all of a sudden, the ones who said the waters will turn to blood and the frogs will come and the lice will come and the boils will come and the locusts will come, now that their, their, their water's blood, their bodies are full of boils, their frogs jumping everywhere, they all got lice, their cattle are dead, their sheep are dying, now all of a sudden they're going, you know what, we need to listen to what these guys are saying. So here's the miracle. The firstborn in the times of the Bible, are the ones who got the double portion of inheritance. The firstborn are the ones who got the business. The firstborn are the ones that inherited the family's treasure. 
So all of a sudden, the firstborn who have been the slave owners are hearing, if we don't let these Jews go, we're dying. They've already seen the whole Nile turn to blood. Not only the Nile, all the streams, all the lakes, all the ponds turn to blood. They've already, they've already, they're already full of boils. They already got everything. So they know this is not a bluff. So the firstborn who have been the hard taskmasters who own these slaves now go to Pharaoh and their fathers and say, let them go. This is, now watch this. Up until this point, for 210 years, the Jews have been trusting in Egypt to give them their little handful. So many of Christians don't know about Stedka. They don't know about tithe. They've never heard of first fruit. And so they've never left Egypt. And we're trusting Egypt to give us some welfare or to give us a tax break or to do, we're, we're, we're one of uh, the checks in the mail. Change, yes we can. Yeah, change, yes we can. If we trust, if we, if we test you out, return, if we stop trusting in Egypt and start trusting in God, and take our lamb and feed our neighbor, take our lamb and make God the God of our finances, and take our lamb and bring the first fruit. Then we're going out of Egypt. Sorry about you, but me and my family ain't coming back. Do you get it? Do you get it? Now here's the, here's the miracle. So the very ones, we've been all talking about the end time transfer wealth, the end time transfer wealth, the end time transfer wealth. It starts here. When you decide on the great Shabbat, and it's not a coincidence that it happened the 10th of Nisan at this time in Egypt happened on Shabbat because Shabbat is saying, by, by us remembering the Sabbath, we are saying, God, Six days you created the world, but on the seventh day you created rest. That word rest in Hebrew is menuha. Six days you created the cattle. Six days you created the sheep. Six days you created the orchard. Six days, but on the seventh day you created the menuha, the blessing, and we as children of God are returning. Return unto me, teshuvah, Malachi chapter 3, and I will return unto you. 210 years they have been trusting in Egypt. In the long run, it doesn't, I don't care who's on Wall Street. On the long run, I don't care who's in the White House. In the long run, I don't care who's in the governor's mansion because I know who's on the throne and who's on the throne is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and in him I trust. But you have to come to that. So watch this. Here's the great miracle. So they, they come and say, why are, you taking, why are you taking our money 
We're the ones who make sure you get some leaks. We're the ones who are giving you a little bit of garlic. We're the ones who are giving you some hay to live on, to sleep on. Do you understand? Listen to me. We've settled for too little. If you're waiting for a person to be in, come in the White House to change your life, you're still waiting for Egypt to give you some leeks and garlic. It's not Pharaoh who will set you free. It's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Makedesh. He will set you free. We got time? Now watch this. So here they are. Now this is what you, this is what you need to claim. In whatever you're doing, all of a sudden the ones who have been blocking you now begin to fight for you. This is this is why it's called the great Shabbat. Shabbat Hagadol. The firstborn are the ones who are running the money. The firstborn are the ones who are controlling everything. See, we've been talking for years about end time transfer of wealth, and nobody told us. It's not just going to all of a sudden happen. It's not all of a sudden going to happen. Who do you think it was when they were leaving that gave them favor? It wasn't the common person that had the silver and had the gold, it was the firstborn. Now they hear, the firstborn here, we're coming to sacrifice. We, in Hebrew, the Jews were saying that this is the first Shabbat that the Jews ever kept. And think about it, it was the first Shabbat that they, that they ever kept in Egypt. First Shabbat in Egypt, and it was before Mount Sinai. They weren't keeping Shabbat this night because God wrote it on a tablet. It's because it was already in our hearts. That's why you're here. It's in your heart. So what they're saying is, is we are taking the God of this world money and we are bringing it to our house and through our sacrifice, we are releasing the blood of that lamb so Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah stands in front of our house and makes the angel of death pass over. So the firstborn who have already seen the blood, the boils, the locusts, they've seen nine incredible plagues. They now know these are the ones that have held you in bondage. Now they go to Pharaoh and the fathers, these are the old men. They're running the business, but these are the old patriarchs of Egypt. And they say, let these people go. But Pharaoh and the old patriarchs say, no, no, no. I'm not letting them go. We're rich off of their backs. We're wealthy off of their slavery. But the firstborn know we're going to die. And so the firstborn form an army and they fight. The firstborn who held God's people in bondage now are fighting for God's people and fighting against Pharaoh and the hierarchy of Egypt. God will cause men to give to you out of their bosom 
They won't even know why, but the firstborn will begin to fight for you instead of fighting against you. That's the great miracle. Do you get it? The ones who have been blocking you now all of a sudden are fighting for you. Now, the miracle goes on that Pharaoh didn't let him go, but because of the firstborn, Pharaoh's army was weakened. The firstborn's numbers were weakened. That's why Pharaoh eventually said, go ahead. The reason why he said, go ahead out, because his army was weakened. And when they were coming to get them again, when they're crossing the Red Sea, we know the story that as they're crossing the Red Sea, the devil changes his mind and tries to come and get you and bring you back into bondage. But because of the blood and because of Pharaoh's army being weakened on this night, listen to me, there are people where you work that are trying to block you. There are people you're in business with are trying to block you. There are circumstances that are trying to block you. But tonight, God will reach into their hearts and turn them around and they won't even know why. But when you leave, You're leaving with their silver and their gold. The journey to the promised land starts not next Sunday, but it starts tonight. Somebody give him praise and glory. It starts tonight. Stand with me all over the building. Stand with me all over the building. We're going to, Tiz and Katie, come up. Let's do Shabbat. Do you have your Shabbat implements? Listen to me. God says, my people destroyed for what reason? Lack of knowledge. We've been, we've been waiting for the promised land, and nobody told us the journey to the promised land starts tonight. Starts tonight. You know, there's a teaching, and I'll say this when we get into Passover. How many, how many would like to have this year the end time transfer of wealth begin? The teaching of the Passover is, unless you give this offering, you didn't, don't get to be a partaker of this year's crop. And that's, that's I mean, excuse me, not Passover, Pentecost. We, the, those that resisted you will tonight begin to fight for you. They won't even know why. Did you hear what I said? Those who resisted you, and I'm not talking about just a person, but I'm talking about spiritually. Whatever's been resisting you, tonight God says, now fight for them. There's there's so much to teach as I study, but let me say that why they call this the great Shabbat or the, the great miracle. The great miracle is not that God could kill them. He could have killed them with, like that. The great miracle is they killed themselves. They destroyed themselves. Those who once held you down, and I'm not talking about necessarily a person, I'm talking about a spirit, will destroy itself. God's miracle will be bringing us into the promised land because the enemy has destroyed himself. Tonight begins your journey to the promised land. 